If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. You, 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 need, you need to know where you're going. You need to have that North Star. You're, just because you have the title and the leader, you, you expect people to follow you. Just, it's an expectation, but that's not the right expectation. You, you want them to want to follow you. This younger generation screams for authenticity. They want transparency at the highest level in the organization. They don't want smoke and mirrors. They want authenticity. They want people to be genuine. They want to get to the truth as quickly as possible. Uh, you can either be choose to be a meaningful, specific, or a wandering generality. <laughs>
content. And that was just so powerful for me. So Michael, I'm gonna uh, let's start out. You know, what do I think? Uh, I want to get to know you better, uh, and I, I think uh, the listeners here today, uh, yes, they they can learn from you know Zig and David and uh, all those legends, as you said. But I think uh, many of us uh, look up to you as uh, you know as someone in a similar way. So I think there's going to be a lot to carry away. But let me start off by asking you this: What are um, one or two or three or ten things about Michael Norton that are too good to be true, but are actually true? I, I know a bit of your life story. I, I think you you'll have a few. So what what are those things? Ah, uh, you know that's that's a humbling question. Uh, <laughs> go for it. Go for it. Let's uh, let's share some. You know, with the people. And my journey as a child through you know being raised in Sunday school and then becoming a teenager and being rebellious and getting back into the church and <laughs> way again and you know finding the party life and finding the corporate chasing the you know. Uh, the corporate, you know, climbing the corporate ladder, you know, dreams and whatnot along the way, and then finally settling back in as you know into my faith and grounded in my faith. When that moment happened, it changed everything in my life, and so uh, I give all the honor and credit and glory to you know, to God for where I am right now. Well, so for those of you who've uh, known Michael, but um, maybe not him, not known him uh, all the way, so Michael, Michael's a man of faith. So and. Um, uh, I think in today's world, you know, there's there's not many people. I, I my belief, Michael, is everyone's got to have an anchor, right? So we have to find our anchor in life. Yeah, as Mr. Ziegler used to say, uh, you can either be choose to be a meaningful, specific, or a wandering generality. And so I chose meaningful, to be specific, or meaningful, specific, wandering generality. That's I think those those Pretty are deep. very precise, specific, uh, and deep words as you. As you said, anybody who knows me who will wind up watching this. Uh, so, and you and I have had many discussions around disc, and you know, disc is in, embedded in your in humantic. Um, and when I take the disc test, like when I've taken it my whole life, I've taken it, I don't know, probably 20 some times over the years, I always test out at an extremely high D. Just that, and anybody who knows me, when I'm in the game, I'm in the battle, and I'm trying to win, when I would. When I'm working out, when I'm doing it, skiing, even tackling the mountain, I go all D. I'm like, I'm driven, I'm direct, I'm, I'm all in. Uh, but if you read all of, if you read the columns that I write, if you read, you know, more about me, and I think this kind of a lot of it transitioned when my my first wife had, uh, you know, battled cancer and then eventually passed away. I'm sorry. My my S, which was always in the basement, it was like high high D, little high, you know, I S was yeah. in the basement. And a little tiny little bit of C, right? It was my uh, was my makeup, and I, you know we know that your disc style stays the same unless some kind of major life event, yes. you know, happens. And that was a major life event, you know, losing my wife. And you know, at that point, I think my S came out, and I started becoming really, you know, more about everybody and less about me. And I think it's authentic sellers. There's a lot of traits that we need to have. Um. But be making about the other people around you, whether they're prospects, customers, family, friends, when you make it all about them, you know. Well, I, I don't think you can really be an authentic seller, Michael, unless you're an authentic person, right? So so you probably got to start you know, where, where it matters. You have to be an authentic person, an authentic human, um, not, a, not a compliant, not a nice. I'm not talking about being nice. I'm talking about. Uh, being authentic, I'm talking about you know standing up for what is right, what's not 
um, when you stand in front of that mirror, right, can you look yourself in the eye and say, I'm okay, right? I'm okay. I'm, I'm no great, but I'm okay. Uh, and I will continue to be okay. So, so I think that's, um, that's an important part. Apart from your faith, you spoke a little bit about, you know, others. Um, what else, uh, what else is central to being uh, Michael Norton? Talent without effort breeds mediocrity. And I never wanted to be mediocre. I don't care. I mean, I can go back to when I was 12 years old and playing pop and football. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to be mediocre. Like I didn't want to settle for average. I wanted to be better. And it, it's funny, like uh, this timing, um, I do, I'm always reading, I'm always researching, I'm always writing, you know, something. And I stumbled upon uh, a real, and it's not the first time I, I, I saw it or heard it by Nick Saban, you know, the head coach of the Alabama, former head coach now, the Alabama, you know, university football team. And I just, literally just heard this yesterday, I'm great, uh, or watched his film, watched the, the reel of it. And he said, we have a choice in life. All my players have a choice in life. They can be bad. They can be average. And it's a choice. You can choose to just be bad. You can choose to be average. You can choose to be good. You can choose to be excellent. Or you can choose to be elite. And as like in today's highly competitive sales world or business you know, landscape, whether you're a leader or manager or a salesperson or a customer service person, operate, whatever it is, like I want to surround myself with those people who want to be elite. Like I want to be the best. And I want to be around the people who are the best because I get better being around those people who are elite. And again, it goes back to what we just talked about a little of that statement that Zig had. You can choose to be a you know, wandering generality or a meaningful specific. And in order to be a meaning, meaningful specific, you have to know where you're going. It's not just because if you don't, any, well, I forget who, whose quote this is, but uh, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Right? <laughs> it's like going to your, and Stephen Covey you know, had a story in his uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People where he talks about the guy who's in Seattle trying to find his way around, but he's looking at a map of Detroit. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you, need, you need to know where you're going. You need to have that North Star, right? Yeah. You need to have that North Star, to, you know, especially as a leader, if you're going to want your, you know, because you're a leader, just because you have the title and the leader, you, know, you expect people to follow you. It's an expectation, but that's not the right, right. expectation. You, you want them to want to follow you. You want them to want to see the North Star and go after it with you. But can you, can you warn people... Can people follow you if you try to please everyone? Um, or do you have to learn to just let some people go and let them be whatever they be and whatever they say? Yeah, so next week's column that I wrote, because I always have to write it a week in advance, you know, I, I do a little, did a little talking about this. And no, you, you as a leader, you're never going to please everybody. There's just no chance you're going to please everybody. There's no chance. And, yeah. you know, and, but a true leader, see, the problem with some leaders is they try to please everybody. And all that does is create a lot of waffling and, you know, speaking in this moment about this to this group of people because you're saying what you think they want to hear. And then over here, you're saying to this group that what they want to hear. And that's just not, you know, it's not look at your T-shirt. Being authentic is an authentic leader. What I found over all of these years, and I've had plenty of leaders that I've reported up to. And I didn't always agree with where they were going or what they said or the decision that they made. But what I respected in those leaders is that they made the decision. They stood firm in that decision. And they didn't waffle. And that I can get behind. Yeah, we all know these things. Then wh why do, you know, when, when the situation becomes tough, you know, why do most many people or even majority, you know, of the people kind of buckle up? You know, when we know what is the right thing to do, well, what is making you buckle up? Well, in today's world, I'm afraid, I think it's, it, it, <laughs> nobody wants to be canceled, right? And it's the wrong, <laughs> the, the, it, that's it's a good one, yeah. 
it's killing us to not be able to say or deal with the truth. So there's a big challenge in today's workforce. There's a huge challenge. And, you know, it's the at your wage uh, kind of thing. Uh, they they, they want to get away with doing as little as possible. There's no resiliency. And, you know, I, I sadly don't know the culture as well as I should in India or other parts of the, the globe. But here in the United States, we did our we did our children. We did the gen, generation X, generation, you know, Z millennials we did them such a disservice in life when they played sports it didn't matter what it was basketball baseball hockey football everybody got a trophy we had trophy parties we had to take our kids to the to the ice cream parlor hand out trophies and nobody won like we're paying the price of that right now because salespeople are being told no over and over again do not have the resiliency they just don't and, and it's frustrating to them and and they wind up leaving where we who had a wanted a trophy on my mantle as a kid, we damn well have better won the game <laughs> or won the season or, you know, won the event, whatever it was. We didn't get a trophy for just showing up. Do you think we think like that because we are the older generation? I mean, I, I am, you know, pretty much older generation too, you know, are almost getting there. Do you think we think that way? Because all generations probably think theirs was the better one and this one is not. Um, sometimes I wonder that is what it is. It's just changing. Or is it really true that, um, you know, the resilience is not there uh, the cancel cultures really permeated everything. You know, sometimes you, you know, people would say snowflakes, right? So younger generation. Uh, is that real or are we just because we old and we think our thing was the real thing and this is not the real thing? No, and I, and I am a, a huge advocate of trying to, uh, let me say it a different way. So right now, it is no different than it was 30, 40 years ago when I you know, got to the, to the workforce. We always had a multi-generational workforce. There's always people coming out of college, people you know, three to five years in industry, five to 10, 15 to 20, 25, and then they were We always had those breakdowns of, of a generation, but never in the past did we actually label it as Gen Z, Gen Y, Millennial, Gen X, Boomer, you know, traditionalist, whatever that's made up of now. But it's important that we do that. And I'm, I'm actually doing a lot of research on this right now, and I'm going to be writing a paper on it. This multi-generational workforce, not just in sales, and the interesting thing to me is that what I'm, everything that I'm reading right now and, and kind of bringing together is that this younger generation screams for authenticity. They want transparency at the highest level in the organization. They don't want smoke and mirrors. They want authenticity. They want people to be genuine. They want to get to the truth as quickly as possible. You know, and you look at the way that they prefer to communicate. You look at the way that they prefer to, you know, what their style of communication is, and you look at the way that they learn. The, the ways that they like to learn, we have to take that into consideration because of how they, they grew up in that generation. I think partially uh, the question I asked you, uh, partially I think it just happens. You know, we, we are the older generation. We think our time, our way of life was a better way of life. Partially, I, I think that is true. But I also think because our situations, right, our circumstances shape us up, right, as people. And circumstances today are not the same as what they were 20 years ago or 30 or 50 years ago. Like I'll give you, I'll give you an example. I know we spoke a little bit about it, uh, you know, earlier. So one thing with India, right? I'm sitting in Bangalore right now. Is India is very, very diverse, like huge, very diverse, um, different kind of people. They look different. They speak different. Their lifestyles different. Culture, values, everything is different. So major differences. So stark differences, right? Dif differentiation becomes easier because it is just so stark. Now, I come from a part of India that. Um, that sort of borders 
um, you know, the region from where all the invaders would come traditionally. Because, you know, you cross there's a Himalayas extension called Hindu Kush Mountains, you know, which is between Afghanistan and Pakistan. And, you know, there's a couple of passes there. That's from where everyone in Central Asia, Europe, you know, would come. And what that did, and I'm talking about how your circumstances shape you up, is that people who bore the brunt of those attacks, you know, who were on the front lines, you know, sort of, they became different or very different than people. For example, I am in the southern parts of India, than people out here who didn't probably have to fight as many wars and face as many invaders. And that's brought some differences, for example, you know, in terms of um, bravery, if you look at, I mean, if you just go by facts, right, not just opinions, but if you look at the number of um, medals, you know, bravery medals awarded to Indian armed forces, a disproportionate number of them have gone to people from that region. Today, you know, you'll say, oh, we are like this, you're like that. But also on the other side, a lot of accolades on the academic side belong to people from some other regions. So back to the point, our circumstances do shape up. So I do think uh, that there are differences between generations and there is some fact to what we're you know, speaking about. And maybe there's, uh, you know, some, some not as much. Yeah, and, and there's not that it's as you're saying it's not wrong. It's just it's just different. I give you a great example. I was uh, coaching a group. I was coaching a, a sales group, and I was the sales manager had his you know, salespeople in the room, and I was on team or Zoom, uh, Teams or Zoom. I forget which one it was, and I'm doing some coaching with them, and he make, he's making the point that like his team is young, they'd rather be on their phone, you know, doing and he and he takes his camera and he points it to somebody in the room. He goes, look, you know, look at John. It's on his phone. And I'm like, I can see it on his phone. And, and what is John? He turns his phone around. And he goes, I'm taking notes. <laughs> oh, there he, you go. Okay. Yeah. Like, he goes, I'm not surfing the web. I'm not on, you know, Facebook. He goes, this is how I take my notes. So I always have them with me. And so it was a kind of a big aha moment for that manager. It'd be like, oh, yeah, that's how he grew up. Hey, there you go. I think that's a, that's a beautiful Beautiful example. So, Michael, moving, moving over, jumping over a little bit, you know, from what makes, uh, you know, us what we are and what makes you what you are um, to the professional side. Why sales? You know, how was it an accidental choice as it happens for many? Was it, um, you know, this is it? This is sort of like my thing to do? Uh, why no, sales? I, it was, it was a, definitely by accident, you know, for me. Uh, <laughs> I was in the Coast Guard, uh, United States Coast Guard, and um, I wanted to, you know, make it my career. That was, you know, that was my my goal. But you know, due to a, a couple of injuries, I I couldn't stay in. I couldn't reenlist, and so I came out. I'm like, okay, what does a you know, <laughs> what does a 22, 23 year old do with his life who didn't go to college and uh, was in the military and, and is not going to make a career in the military? And the only thing it seemed that I was suited for at the time was looking at ads in the paper of, of potential jobs was a sales position. You know, uh, no experience necessary. We will train you. You just have to bring the heart and the, you know, the desire. And like I said earlier, to me, everything is all about competition and trying to win. I'm a gamer, you know, and so I stumbled into uh, into a sales career and actually fell in love with it. So was it the competitive aspect, you know, push yourself? Was it that that made you fall in love with it or was it something else? If I was, if I had the skill, the talent, the speed, the strength, you know, I could be a professional athlete, but I couldn't. Or, you know, if I was musically inclined to be able to sing or, you know, play an instrument, I could make a gazillion dollars as a as an entertainer. But absent of that, 
There's no career that can allow you to give yourself a raise every single day other than sales. You are in control of your destiny. So the number one reason people get into it is because they want to make money. The second reason is, you know, I don't think in all my years, there was rarely a time where I had an office. And if I had an office, I was never in that office. It was always out. Like my schedule was my own. And I'm calling out prospects. I'm visiting clients. I'm doing whatever I want to do. But, you know, if there's an afternoon, I want to, you know, Take off and play golf. I would go off and take and play golf. So I had a very flexible you know, schedule because, I, but I was making my numbers. I was, anybody watching this, one of the biggest misnomers or you know misconceptions is you watch your star salespeople in your company taking off every Friday or taking off here and there to go play golf. Well, they earned it. You know, their book of business speaks for itself. You got to get there. So you young sellers, like you got to get there. And the last thing is have fun. Like I don't, I, I don't think I've ever had a not fun day in, in this profession. It's just every scenario is different. This is never the exact. No matter, you can be selling your whatever product or service it is, and that product or service isn't changing. But every customer you call on is going to have maybe a different way that they're going to apply it or use it and talk about it, and wherever they are in the pain game, you know, scale. So every single interaction for me, and now it's even just on Zoom and Teams with my my salespeople, every conversation is different. Even though we're talking about the same thing, they all, it's all unique. And I love that. It's so much fun to have those conversations with people. So tell me tell me more about that one. I, I think that's one thing I am bad at. Uh, I'm very bad at having fun. You know, I, I wish I was a more fun person. I, I, I'm more intense than I would like, you know, to be. So, uh, and maybe this is, uh, there are more people like me up there. So how do you make it fun? Like if if by default it is not. If you are that person, it's just fun. Uh, exciting it is for me, but fun not. So how is there a way? Is there a method um, to making it more fun? You cannot be emotionally attached to the You are never, as a salesperson, get about a thousand percent. You are not going to close every single opportunity that you have. I don't care how good you are. But if if it's going to be a no, that's okay. It's really okay. You're not punching me in the face. You're not hurting me. You're not. It's, no is okay. And the more that you can understand that, the more fun you can have in those sales calls and those opportunities and throughout your day. You know, we also teach at Sandler this whole IR theory, who you are as an individual and who you are in your role. Because every one of us has a role, husband, father, parent, grandfather, coach, right? Uh, employee, employer. We all have this role that we play. But on the other side of the scale, we are people. And on a scale of one to 10, you, you can check this out. I'm pretty just ask anybody in your circle or friends, family at your office and say, you know, where would you grade yourself? I, I'll ask you, I'm on a scale of one to 10 as a person, where are you? As a, as a person, um, well, that's a hard one. Um, I don't know. I, I'll say um, eight, eight and a half. I, I think I'm all right. I'm, yeah. So, you know, so, so that, yeah. That, yeah, that's higher than most people will say. You'd be amazed yeah. at how many people say they try to just play it down. I'm a five. But here's the no, truth. No, I mean, I, I want to be honest. You know, I I think I try pretty hard. I mean, it's not easy. Um, I don't think I'm perfect. So hence, I'm not saying I'm a 10. There's a lot that I can do better. Here's what, but, I'm, gonna uh, push, here's what I'm going to push back on you. And again, I've only known you known you over a little year or more than a year. So we're going to get to see each other in a few weeks. Um, you're a 10, Amapreet. As an individual, as a person, you're a 10. God doesn't make any junk. Never. When you came out, when you came out of your your you know your mom's womb, when you were born into this world, and no nothing impacted, not society, not politics, not you know, division, not work, not anything. You came out as a child, as a brand new baby. You were ten. You were perfect in your mom's yes, eyes. That's, that's a, I love that perspective. 
I love that perspective. Yeah. Change. So when we see ourselves, because the world will try to chew us down, like we can use our words to either build each other up and coach each other and give each other hope and encouragement, or the world is filled with people who want to tear us down. And if you let the outside noise filter in to tear you down, your 10 starts to erode and become a nine and eight and a half and eight. And it's not, it's like every day you wake up and say, Man, I'm a 10. I don't care what happens to my role. I might have, I might go for the next month and not make a sale. I'm 0 for 30, right? But I'm still, I'm still a 10. I'm not going to let my, what happened in my role life affect who I am because the better I can be, the better I see myself, the more I can pour out onto other people. Well, that was a fascinating chat with Michael, but it's just half the story. Watch out for the second half of our conversation in the next episode of the Authentic Sales Leader Podcast. Point to the person that is slimy, sleazy and slimy and manipulative and not trustworthy and all the things you guys just said about salespeople. What we haven't figured out in the corporate world is that we can't take our top sellers and turn them into managers overnight. He's got a rule that says, you know, all buyers are liars. Like if you're going to ask me what's the number one trait that a salesperson can master that would have the greatest impact on their ability to sell, it's having the, the um, ability to 